thank God for an opportunity to be in his presence. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. We are so grateful for this opportunity. Not everyone gets an opportunity to come into the house of God. You know, people are willing, but sometimes situations in the body doesn't allow. And so when we have strength in the body that we are able to come before, we are able to come together, I should say, in worship and in praise and in breaking bread. We ought to be grateful. Amen. We ought to be really grateful. I thank God for my pastor and for the leadership at the Shepherd's House. And I thank God for you being here today. It is wonderful to see every single one of you. Amen. We have been talking about the We have been talking about the fruit of the spirit <clears throat> and the topic that we have for today is under the fruit faithfulness, faithfulness. And the topic, the actual topic is understanding the faithfulness of God or the consistency of God, understanding the consistency or the faithfulness of God. Amen? Faithfulness is an attribute God, an attribute of God that displays his trustworthiness based on his unwavering commitment to his people through his promises and covenant that find their ultimate fulfillment in the person of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Faithfulness is an attribute of God that displays his trustworthiness based on his unwavering commitment to his people through his promises and covenant that find their ultimate fulfillment in the person of Jesus. Faithfulness is the display of of God's trustworthiness. That is important because as we have come to understand and believe in God, trusting in God is the essence of our walk with him. You cannot walk with God if you don't trust him. And you cannot trust him if you don't know him. You can't trust God if you don't know him. And that is the problem with a lot of us in the church. We come to church to come to church. We come to church to fellowship, to socialize, to maybe hear the word of God. But the question is, are you getting to the place where you know him? Because knowledge of him is what is going to make a difference in your walk with him. Knowledge of him. 
Not the knowledge that somebody told you, but the knowledge that you have come to acquire. You have come to know yourself. And that knowledge is in Jesus. Amen? Amen. So understanding the faithfulness of God is understanding who he is. If you don't understand who he is, you will not understand why you need to be faithful to him or why he is faithful to you or to us. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Please go there with me. Deuteronomy chapter 7. You know, I miss my highlighter. I used to, whenever I write my notes down, I'll highlight everything so it will jump out at me and I couldn't find my highlighter. So everything is black and white. Give me a second. <laughs> we will get there. Okay. So Deuteronomy chapter 7. I'm going to kind of hit uh, um, a few of them in here. But the one that I really want to, uh, um, I want us to um, focus on is verse... There you go. Verse 9. It's verse 9. The Bible said, when the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess, and he drives out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gershites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Havites, the Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and powerful than you, and when the Lord your God delivers them over to you and you defeat them, you must completely destroy them, make no treaty with them, and show no mercy. You must not intermarry with them, and you must not give your daughters to their son or take their daughters for your son, because they will turn your sons away from me to worship other gods. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will swiftly destroy you. Instead, this is what you are to do to them. Tear them down, their altars, smash their sacred pillars, cut down their Asherah poles, and burn their carved images. For you are a holy people belonging to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. <clears throat> God told his people, <clears throat> excuse me, I am moving you from one place to another. I am bringing you out of Egypt, out of the background that you are in, out of the, the, the sin, out of the, the evil, out of the wickedness uh, that you are in. I'm taking you to a place that I will show you. And when you get there, there are things there that I don't want you to be a part of. I don't want you to worship other idols. I don't want you to intermarry. I don't want you to do this, and I don't want you to do that. God bless you. He said, the Lord had his heart set on you and chose you. Not because you were more numerous than all peoples. For, for you were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your fathers, he brought you out of, he brought you out with a strong hand and redeemed you from the place of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Oh, this is gonna be a problem. And he said, and this is the focus where he says, Know that the Lord your God is 
God. The faithful God who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty for you for a thousand generations. That is who he is. He is faithful. And if you keep reading Deuteronomy and even through the course of the scriptures, you will find out that the faithfulness of God did not change just because the people changed. The people consistently changed. They kept turning their back on God. They kept worshiping other idols. They kept moving around and doing things that God did not, it did not please God. But God did not change. He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He did not change. Because he had a purpose. He had a promise. He had an oath. There was something that he spoke. In Genesis, he spoke it. And he kept speaking it through the course of the scriptures. Every prophet that came said the same thing over and over and over. And that is that there is an ultimate faithfulness that is going to be uh, 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 um, displayed in, the, in, the, in Jesus Christ. It was hidden in the Old Testament, but it was revealed in the New Testament unto us. It was very difficult for the people of old to really understand why they needed to be faithful because they didn't really understand the revelation of what, of what the prophets were trying to tell them. They didn't really understand that his faithfulness was not based on them. That his faithfulness was based on him. Who he is. His character. The epitome of who he is. The essence of who he is. We look through the scripture and it tells us that God is love. When you, when you say God is love, you're not describing him. You're announcing him. Right? You're not describing him saying that, oh, he is like love. No, you are announcing him. That is faithfulness when it comes to God. That is faithfulness when it comes to God. I am reminded of a story in the book of Hosea. Hosea was another prophet that was trying to tell the people of God how God loves them. And how he is willing to give everything for them. But yet they didn't really understand. But for Hosea to understand, there's an imagery in that book that when you get a chance, I want you to take time and read it. That imagery asks Josiah. I'm sorry, Josiah. <laughs> my son's name is in my head. Hosea, Hosea, to take a wife. You know, when, when, when a man is ready to take a wife, I know because I'm married. When a man is ready to take a wife, I'm hoping that he will get to the place where he's looking for something that kind of pleases him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But in this case, God asked him to take a wife that did not please him. He, she, the woman that God asked him to take was a prostitute. One that was moving from one man to another to another to another. God asked him to take a wife. And when, she, when he took that woman, he took her with all of his, himself. 
He took her, not hesitating, not murmuring, not complaining. He knew the character of that woman. He knew the background of that woman. He knew everything about that woman because she was popular in town. But he did not complain. He did not murmur. He did not. He took that woman. And when he took the woman unto himself, he, 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 he tried to make her look presentable. But she kept going back to her lovers. This woman is a representation of the people of Israel. She kept going back to her lovers. And he kept trying to reel her in. The more he tried, the more she went. It got to the place that she went so far that now she was being sold into prostitution. She was being sold into prostitution for price so cheap. So cheap. That it was as though she was worthless. And then God asked Hosea, go buy her back. Everything that he had, he went and he bought her back. And the word of God tells us that this is what God has done for us. This is what God has done for us. That he came and bought us back, even though we were filthy. Even though we were, we were, we were dismantled, we, we were broken. Even though the world thought we were worthless, he bought us back. Not because of us, but because of him. Because of his faithfulness. His promises for you and I are yes and amen. It is not maybe. It is not no. It is not sometimes. It is yes and amen. Everything that God, that, that God knows that we need, he has already provided. He has already made a way. He has already done it. Because of him. Because of him. When you come to the, to the knowledge of that, when you come to the understanding of that, it should change how you walk. It should change how you talk. It should change your attitude, your personality. It should change. It should change. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. You don't have to go there. I'll just tell you. Malachi was another prophet that was also expressing the love of God that God had for his people. And he consistently let us know that I, your Lord, I change not. I am not going to change. See, the reason why I'm building this foundation for you to understand is because when you have that knowledge, when you understand who God is, and you know 
that he does not change. There is no variation with him. He is not one way with this sister and another way with this brother. That is the consistency of him. We might, I was, I was, I always find uh, opportunities here and there because my kids love TV. I'm sure all kids love TV. So every time I have an opportunity to teach them the word of God, I know Selicum knows when she comes to my house, I, I always make a point to tell them a little bit about the word of God. Anyway, I was talking to the kids and, and, and I asked him, I said, I said, guys, what is trust? What is trust? And they were like, ah, when you believe and, you know, and they came up with some stuff. So I made a demonstration for them. I told them, I said, go and jump on the couch. <laughs> uh, so, of course, they quickly got on there without a thought. Just got on the couch and just jumping. <laughs> and finally, I told them to get down. And then I asked them a question. I said, did you have to think about jumping on the couch? Like, did you have to think, oh, how do I step or where do I put my foot? And they were like, no, we just got on there and jumped. When you trust God, you don't think about, is he going to hold me up? Is this going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? Is this walk, am I doing that? You don't think about these things because you have complete trust in him. And that trust is what allows you to understand who he is. When you have to think about, oh, am I, if I step this way, am I going to fall in? Or if I step the other way, you know what I should have done? I have a table in my, in my, in my dining room, and it has like a, a little um, um, insert in there. And every now and then, if you sit the wrong way and you lean on there, that, that thing will flip, it will flip up, right? I should have asked him to just stand on that table. Because if they stood on there, they would have wobbled, and then they wouldn't have trust that table. God said himself, I do not change. I am stable. I have been the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change. That is important when you are understanding the faithfulness of God. That he's not going to change on you. You may change. And we need to change, right? We need to conform to the image of Christ. We need to change. We need to get better. But there is no better with God because he's perfect. For him to change, then he cannot, he will cease to be God. Think about that for a minute. For God to change, he will cease to be God. It is the perfection of him that allows him to, allows, ooh, that's the wrong word. It is the perfection of him that makes him God. It is the perfection of him that makes him God. And the reason why I want you to understand this is because we're learning about the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. I'm sorry, the fruit of the spirit. That spirit is in you, is in me. Once you have come to the knowledge of salvation. Once you have come to believe that there is God and he is your God, your personal God. Once you have come to believe that he saved your life. Once you have come to believe that he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The spirit of God is in you and is in me. 
if the spirit of God is in you, then it ought to exemplify, it ought to show, uh, make an example of you uh, um, about the faithfulness of God, about the love of God, about the joy of God, about the kindness of God, about the goodness of God. Right? My brother's laughing because I keep using big words. I'm catching myself. I'm sorry. Forgive me. You understand? If the spirit is in you, and it's in me, then it, you ought to show forth that faithfulness. You ought to show forth that faithfulness. The knowledge of God allows you to understand who he is. Paul expressed the importance of understanding this knowledge every, with every um, letter that he wrote, whether it was to the Colossians or to the Philippians or to the Corinthians or, or wherever, what, whatever letter he wrote. He said that, that you may have the knowledge, the knowledge of God, that you may understand who he is. That you may understand who he is. That he is not this is he is not this this uh, wicked uh, 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 person that is is just doing bad. I mean, like when you read the Old Testament, when you read the Old Testament, if you're not careful and you don't understand. Uh, uh, um, the God that you're reading about, it may seem as though God is, is mean and, and, and wicked and, and, just, and just this person that wants you to do this or he casts you away. But from the beginning, the only thing he wanted was a relationship, a fellowship with us. He wanted a fellowship with you and I. He wanted a fellowship with Adam and Eve. But because of the, of, the, of the wickedness of the enemy, that fellowship was broken. And if you look through the scriptures, you will see how he consistently was trying to bring the people of God closer to him. But because they didn't have that understanding, it, 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 took, it took Jesus for the understanding to come. Few understood through the course of the Old Testament, very few understood. Few understood until Jesus. Until Jesus. And if you remember what I said about, about faithfulness, that it is the display of his trustworthiness to his people. That finds its fulfillment in Jesus. You will not understand how consistent, how faithful, how trustworthy God is until you have Jesus. 
And you cannot say, and I, and I really want to stress this, you know, a, a lot of the time, because we, we have children and, and they come to church with us, and, and I'm talking to the youth and the young people, and I'm hoping you guys understand what I am saying. Because we come to church, a lot of the time, we think because we are coming to church, we are kind of grafted in. Um, um, what's another word? We are, we are moved in. And grafted in is the only word I can think of. We are moved in with the, with the, with, 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 with the church. You know, we're all in. Right? We're all in. But it doesn't work like that. You have to profess with your mouth. You have to profess with your mouth Jesus. And you have to believe in your heart. Inherit. You can't just inherit Christianity. You cannot inherit it. You have to profess it. Galatians says, but the fruit of the spirit is. You don't inherit that spirit. That spirit comes in when you profess it. That spirit comes in when you believe it. That spirit comes in when you accept it. You cannot just inherit it. It cannot just come to you because my mom is going to church, my dad is going to church, so we're all in together. It doesn't work like that. That is why a lot of the time when we are growing up, especially those of us that grew up in church, it wasn't me, I didn't grow up in church. I came to church, I didn't grow up in church. But those people that grow up in church, a lot of the time, it takes them a long time to get to the place where they actually, uh, uh, um, I don't want to say believe in God, but walk in the spirit that's the correct thing walk in the spirit because they've been coming to church and they've grafted they've, they've inherited the the, the 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 church atmosphere and the church believe and the church uh, uh, um tradition thank you but in order to understand god you have to first have god I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you, Gabby? In order to understand the, the faithfulness, in order to understand how to trust God, you first have to have God. So if you don't have God, then everything that we're talking about, that the, spirit of the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit is love and is joy and peace and faithfulness and this and that and that, all you're doing is hearing it, but you're not partaking it. You're not being a part of it. You're not being a part of it. And that is important. We have spent this whole year trying to help, um, trying to help us, me included, trying to help all of us understand who God is. Because when we understand who he is, it changes how we are. So that when I am praying, I'm saying, oh, God, please, uh, um, I need a job. Or, oh, God, please, uh, um, I, I, I need to be healed. Oh, God, please. Uh, uh, come on, give me some stories. I need money. Oh, God, please. And, and, my, and my father this and my mother that You will understand who God is and understand who you are, that he is your father. That he said that you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He said you are in him and he is in you. 
that he said you are above and not beneath, that you are uh, uh, um, the, the head, not the tail. I wrote this stuff down, but when I'm preaching, I, I forget to look at my paper. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, because we are coming to the end of the year. And we started this. We started by allowing you to understand that God is love. That the fruit of the Spirit is. Right? It is not explaining. It is calling out what it is. That if God is in you and you are in him, that you are love. That you are joy. That you are faithful. That you are good. That you are kind. That you are peace. I am remembering, and I'm going to be done here in two seconds. I'm remembering another story in the Bible where the, 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 the uh, um, disciples were in the boat with Jesus. They hadn't yet come to the knowledge of him. And so there was a storm, a raging storm, that when you don't know God, it is easy for you to be fearful. Because like my brother said, you start to look with your eyes rather than your faith. They were fearful. And then they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, don't you see that we're perishing? But because Jesus knew who he was, all he said was, peace, be still. And then he said, why are you fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. But I am amazed that their story did not end there. That through the course of the scriptures, we saw that Peter got up, rose up with boldness. Because now he had come to the knowledge of who God is. He had come to the understanding that the same God that, that dealt with the storm back then is the same God that is empowering him for him to stand and say, For him to get up and say. When you come to the understanding of who God is. That he does not change. That what he did for Peter and Paul and John and Matthew and Luke. That he is able to do the same thing in you and I. And that the only thing that changes them from us is that we haven't come to the understanding. We have not come to that understanding. But we need to. Every day that you are living, and I'm going to stop here in a minute. Every day that you are living, you want to take a stock of your life. Every day, take a stock of your life. If you are the same yesterday, today, there's a problem. God doesn't change, but we ought to. We ought to conform more to the image of God. And be more like him. So that when the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is, 
You can also say, yes, the fruit of the Spirit is love because I am love, because I show love. And the fruit of the Spirit is kind because you are showing kindness. And the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness, that you are being faithful. When my brother preached last week, he said something, and it pricked my heart so hard. And I had to, I had to repent, and I had to ask God to help me. He said, when you, are, when you live by faith and not by sight, you are the person that your word is trustworthy. What you say is what you do. I said, ouch. What you say is what you do. That is Jesus. What he says is what he does. What he has said about you is what he is going to do or what he has done. I shouldn't say going to. He has done it. It is done. It is already done. You and I might be waiting for the manifestation of it, but it is already done. Every blessing, every promise, it is done. And when you come to that understanding, it is easy to walk by faith and not by sight. It is easy. If my sister knows that if she comes and asks me for $100, I'll just go in my pocket and give it to her. Do you think she will hesitate in asking? If you know that his promises are yes and amen. If you know, truly, truly know, not just read it in a scripture and just read it, but know. If you know who God is, don't you think it will change how you live? So the question I have for you today is, do you know? Do you know? Your God. Do you know your God? I read something somewhere and I'm going to share it with you. If you can all rise. It says the truth is that when the purpose and meaning of someone or something is not known, abuse is inevitable. When you don't know who God is, you come up with your own ideas who he is. When you come up with your own ideas who he is, it is always failure. I grew up thinking that when you do something wrong, God will punish you. And he will punish you with things like diseases. And he will punish you with things like, like poverty. And he will punish you with things like uh, uh, just wickedness in your life. That is a lie. That is a lie. And I know it's a lie because when you read the scriptures, even there was a time where Jesus was with the disciples and they were going somewhere and the people did not accept them. And the disciples were like, let's call down fire. They'll burn them up. And Jesus rebuked them. 
when you know your God, it changes how you live. It changes how you walk. It changes how you talk. It changes your whole life. And the whole purpose of this is to know our God. He's not just sitting in heaven on a throne and you're here down on earth struggling. That is important to me because I had, those are a lot of things that I, that the, the, the Lord is, is, is teaching me and, and, and moving that out of my head. He is with you. He sees you. He is concerned about you. while we're standing if you have not received Christ as your savior this morning I want you to, to just open up your mouth and just ask him into your heart and if you have received him ask him to conform you more to his image that you might come to the knowledge of him, the true knowledge of him, that it will cause a change in your life. Our Father and our God, we thank you. Lord, we bless you and we honor you. We are so grateful. We are so grateful, Lord. We are so grateful. Your word is truth. Your word is truth and it cuts asunder. And we are asking you, oh God, to cut through any misconceptions about you. And help us to remember that you are who you say you are. And that the word of God is truth. That we can trust in you. That we can depend on you. That we can lean on you. That you are stable. You are not movable. You are not shaken. We are so grateful, Lord God, Father, for your word. And we pray, Lord God, Father, that it will be a seed in our hearts that will germinate and bring forth fruit. And that the fruit will remain. We love you, Father, and we thank you. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen.